Rachel. Rachel! This is exciting. We are doing this podcast. This is real. It feels real now. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Okay, so this is Hall of Shame. Yes. And Hall of Shame is where Rechna and I sit together once a week and we talk about the craziest things that have ever happened in sports. Totally. There's so many. Like so many. Mm. So every week, Rachel and I will take turns telling each other a story, a crazy story probably. Be lots of commentary, lots of questions, probably some snark if I know us. Oh, you do know us. Mm. And these stories, some some you're probably familiar with. Maybe you recognize a headline or a name, but there are some that I can guarantee you have never heard of because we did some deep diving. Yeah, we did. And we found some crazy ones that are just so bonkers, it's really hard to believe they're true, but they are. And Rajna, can I just say, I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Me too. What I like about you is, like, we're pretty different. You know, you're, very you different. have two kids. Mm-hmm. I work in sports. You're a comedy writer. Yeah. I feel like it's, like, also just a podcast where you get to watch two people fall in love. You and I. Do you know uh, what I mean? Oh. I think that it's going to be adorable. <laughs> watch our friendship grow. Uh, no, I think so, too. And I, and I feel like when we first started talking, it's like what you and I love about sports— like, obviously, we love our teams. I'm, like, all Cleveland all the time. And we're both Cleveland Brown, Brown yeah, fans. Yeah, which so. is exciting. And they suck. So. Yeah. Now, it makes sense for me because I'm from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Why do you love them? Yeah, I get this question a lot. <laughs> First off, there's no NFL team where I am from. The closest team is the Buffalo Bills, who also have sucked for quite She's some time. She's from Toronto. I'm from Toronto, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I, I really I covered soccer for the majority of my mm. career. And I just started covering the NFL like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And so when I was starting this new adventure, I needed a team or I wanted a team. I wanted somebody to root for. And I was doing all of this studying and, you know, really immersing myself in this sport. And it was right when Hard Knocks was on. And the Browns were on Hard Knocks that summer. Even if you're not a football fan, Hard Knocks is so good. Hard Knocks is the shit. Um, And I just fell in love with the the team. And and just like they're a bunch of like, it's like a ragtag. Totally. It's a real underdog. in forever. And then that first season, Baker comes out, wins the first home game. The beer fridges are unlocked. I'm like, what? What's not to love about Everybody's this team? so excited, and then they haven't made the playoffs. And then, but you know so. what? They've kind of crapped the bad. bed the last two seasons, but they've been a really fun team yeah. to cheer for and to be upset about. And Totally. Just, As it, someone from Cleveland who's raising a, uh, two kids in L.A., and their dad is from Southern California, mm-hmm. so he they are like Lakers fans, and they're Dodgers fans, and so I don't get to give them the Cavs. I don't get to give them the Indians, but I was like, you can be Rams fans. But you gotta be Browns fans too, because that shit builds character. One thousand. <laughs> if you're gonna be a Lakers fan, you gotta offset that shit yeah. by being a Browns they, fan. They gotta learn how to lose. Yes. <laughs> um, that is why sports is awesome. Totally. Because like it's this community of people who go through shit together. Yeah. And I think like whether or not you're a huge sports fan, yeah. the stories that come out of sports are super like mm-hmm. touching. And shocking and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well put. Today's story mm. is about the Olympics, the cold ones. Oh, I love the cold ones. Of course you do. I love the cold you're ones. from Canada. What's this supposed to mean? I just, you, it's right. You guys probably it's real on brand for just you. as much snow as we do. Do you guys suck at the, at the hot ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't suck at the hot ones. 
I guess you guys had that. Do like, you guys one suck sprinter. at the cold ones? Like, no, we're we, great at all of them. Yeah, we have summer and winter. We're like Olympics. awesome at both. Dick. <laughs> so set in the stage, it's the year two thousand two. It's the Winter Olympics that were held in Salt Lake City, Utah that Ooh, year. Ooh, that was mm-hmm. a good year. Some details of note. Mitt Romney, our guy, our dude, was CEO of the Salt Lake City. <laughs> Sorry, our guy? Out. He's the only one. <laughs> He's the only one who voted correctly okay, in the okay. impeachment. I got you. I okay. got you. Some details of note. Mitt Romney was the CEO of the Salt Lake City Olympic Organizing Committee. Plot twist? I didn't... It's just interesting. Fun fact. So anyway, every four years, as we just talked about, the Olympics happen. And in the Winter Olympics, every four years we remember that figure skating exists. (laughs) (laughs) And tell that to Elvis Stoiko. I know. Why do I I know know that name? Why is that the one? I don't (laughs) know. That came from like my stomach. (laughs) I love that though. He had a lot of pizzazz. Sure. Okay. So... We remember that it exists, and then we get so into it. Mm-hmm. And then it's as if it's, like, the only thing that matters yeah. to us. And we consider ourselves to be experts for a few weeks. So in 2002, the pair skating competition featured a hot rivalry mm. between a Canadian team and oh. a Russian team. Talk the Canadians, about hot. I know. The Canadians were Jamie Saleh and David Pelletier. Mm-hmm. And the Russians were Elena Berzhnaya and Anton Sikorlitsa. Ooh. I'm never going to say those last names you again them, in the though. story. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. From now on, they'll be known by, as Jamie and David, yeah. the Canadians, Got it. and Elena and Anton, the yeah. Russians. Okay, so just some background. Pairs figure skating combines the scores of a short program and then a longer free skate. Okay. And the free skate is worth more than the short program. And in 2002, skating competitions were judged on a 6.0 scale with these like tiny increments deducted or got for different things. And the scale was divided between technical merit, which is how well you execute the routine you're doing, and presentation or performance, which is like a little more subjective, and it takes into account how difficult what you're doing is and like the artistry and all of that. Okay. So you got this hot rivalry coming in. On February 9th, 2002, the Paris competition kicked off. And the Canadians, Jamie and David, came in a tight second behind the Russians after the short competition. But going in the free skate, it was still kind of anyone's game because the free skate is weighted more in okay. the short program. So two days later, on February 11th, mm-hmm. it's time for the free skate. It's the big one. <gasps> yeah. And the Canadians go out there. You're going to be psyched about this. Okay. They skate to the theme from Love Story. Okay, what is Love Story? I don't know what Love Story is. Should we watch it together? Wait, is it a movie? Yeah. Is it like a bomb movie? So this is probably like a really cool thing that they skated to a love story song? Sure. Who's in it? <laughs> now I'm panicked and I don't remember. Who's in love story? Can anybody anybody know? Literally no one knows. You said Old it was as if it was a cool thing. Well, but... whatever. It's I'm sure it was okay, beautiful. So it's love story. Okay. Right at the top, they come out with this side-by-side double sow cow. Oh, I mean, beautiful. Right? And I can everyone, picture it in my yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And everyone's stoked because it's like clearly clicking right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They hit all of their jumps and their spins. And every time, he, yep, he throws her into a jump. She comes down super cleanly. Like, they don't miss a beat. No, they don't. Because they're, they're We were born on the ice. Sure. Okay, we were born with skates Wow, wow, on. wow. That would be painful <laughs> for the woman, but. So you're such a with. homer in this story. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Yeah. By the end, they have skated like a totally flawless routine. Right. And people are like shouting oh, 6.0. Losing their score. Yeah, 6.0. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, 
The Canadians crushed it. Right. Then it was a Russian's turn, and they came out strong also. Uh, but when they did their first jump combo, which started with a double axle, mm-hmm. Anton blew it a little Ugh. bit. Here's what set that tense tone of the entire program. He was leaning outside the circle and out of control, and that Classic is not Anton. like Anton. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> he stumbles and he steps out of line. And even though they're, like, skating super fast and the routine is definitely, like, very artistic and complicated, if you're just watching it, it's just not as clean as the Canadians. Overachievers. Yeah. I mean. Why not just, like, stick to something that's going to be good? <laughs> Why you got to show off? But it's cool. They're doing cool shit. And, you know, but, like, Elena comes out of some of those throws. Mm-hmm. They're not very clean. So, like, even though it's, like, overall great, and honestly, in figure skating, all the differences are always kind of... Not, very minute. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Not very minute. It it's clearly wasn't as perfect as the Canadians. Mm-hmm. But the thing to understand is it was more complicated. Ugh, so don't question, give me that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The question is, no. do you get a little bit of reward for taking no, a little more risk? you should not. You should get rewarded for putting your heart and your soul out there to sure, love story. for playing it safe Ugh. is another way to think of it. You can call it playing it safe or you can call it a perfect <laughs> routine. So... People were like, the Canadians were flawless. They're going to win. But we it was a little up in the air. More. And as the results were being displayed, it was like super tight. And then the French judge, Marie Ren Lagoon, was basically the deciding vote. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of sure it was going to go to the Canadians, but then she gave it to the Russians. <gasps> How did that happen? They won that program. There's not a doubt in anyone in the place except for maybe a few judges. They won just barely. Okay. But the thing about it is, it was a surprising result to some, but that sort of like non-unanimous victory is very common in figure skating because the scoring system is subjective and flawed, and there's always that inherent debate between what should be rewarded, a perfect but easier routine or a harder routine that takes more risk, but it has like a tiny mistake in Mm -hmm. it. The point is that people disagreeing on a winner wasn't that controversial. It happened in figure skating. Right. But not this time. Oh. This time, she got crazy. Oh. So Marie, the French judge, who, just a reminder, was the deciding vote, admitted later that night to a fellow judge in a hotel lobby, which is a detail I like because I like to imagine Marie, like, five Chardonnays in. Oh. Just, like, loose lips. just had two? Uh-huh. Just keep it to but two, Marie. she admitted Marie. that the he- head of the French skating organization had told her to vote for the Russians. Oh, shit. <laughs> and very quickly thereafter probably when that Chardonnay wore off. She denied saying it, but it was too late because the the scandal was off and running. Oh, Russia's after me. (laughs) And there was a ton of controversy and media coverage, and at the end, a judgment came down that awarded the Russians and the Canadians a joint gold medal. That is bullshit. (laughs) I don't want your cheaty little medal. But it should be noted... That neither of the pair of ice skaters was nearly as up in arms as everyone else. <laughs> they didn't really give a shit. They were like, it's like if they were like, dudes, this shit happens all the time. Everybody calm the fuck Who down. Who weren't up in arms? The Russians the, and the Canadians? Yeah, the Russians and Canadians were kind of like, everybody calm down. Yeah, the Russians Literally, were like, we just got away with it. And the Canadians like, okay. <laughs> well, the skaters had no idea. This is happening not like the skaters They didn't had have no, any idea. They had no idea, girl. Rachna, how many glasses of Chardonnay have you <laughs> had today? The skaters had no idea. They don't give a shit. Okay. There's they're busy skating. That's what they do. So much so that a week after this 
shit went down. Mm-hmm. The Russians and Canadians finished out their events skating together as a symbol of unity. Ugh, Canadians piss me off sometimes. But like, the Russians have did a it backbone. too. The Russians did. Because the, the Canadians are the ones. It's actually the Russians who I feel like, when you think about it, they were the ones who were awarded the gold and then had to like yeah, share it with the Canadians. they were cheaters. They absolutely knew what was going on. They absolutely knew what was going on. I don't think the skaters knew what was going on. Okay. How many Chardonnays have you had? <laughs> More than five. Even though the actual figure skaters weren't all that rattled, the media was on fire yeah. about it. People love drama. I mean, it was like all over the American news, and there weren't even American skaters in the mix. <laughs> which, you know, come on, guys. But that's what happens at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is Marie and the head of the French skating organization, Didier Galhugue, mm. which, again... I can't. <laughs> All these names were eventually suspended for three years each. They both said they'd fight the sus- suspensions, but neither ended up doing so. So that was kind of like what happened in the Olympics. And it's kind of like, that's weird, but that's not crazy. You're probably like, why are you telling me this story? I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It gets crazier? It gets crazier. So after the scandal... First of all, the judging system, which had been under fire in the past, but it was like completely overhauled to prevent this sort of thing from happening again. Marie said she was a scapegoat for the organization to finally look at something that was broken. So she has always said, you were protecting the old guard who was holding up the system that was flawed. And now you're using me as a scapegoat to make a change. And she feels like she was thrown under the bus. Mm -hmm. That said, like her ass had too much wine. (laughs) Poor Marie. I don't even know if she's drinking Drink wine, more. but I love picturing I, I, I love that you've just deemed this woman like I, a semi-alcoholic who just drinks Hearing that it was in a hotel Chardonnay. lobby, I just feel like if you're hanging out in a hotel lobby, you're drinking a Chard. You couldn't have given her more than a Chardonnay, like made her look a little cooler. Like what about a martini? Oh, girlfriend, uh, Chardonnay's like my drink of choice. Chardonnay's so. trash. Chardonnay's really? delicious. Oh, I hate Chardonnay. But here's where it gets like super weird. And maybe my guess is, I don't think the skaters knew, but I feel like definitely the judges and people knew some shady shit was going on here uh, because we get to know more about the Russians. (gasps) So in August of that year, Russian mobster... (laughs) Guys. Why did you pick a story with the hardest names in the world? I know. Alamzan... Talk to He's going to hear this and be so pissed. He's going to come after me. Here we go. You're done for. Russian mobster Alibzan Tuktugnayov. We're going to call him (laughs) Alec, which is what he was known as. Uh, In August of that year, Alec was indicted for his role in the scandal by none other than then U.S. Attorney James Comey. Oh, you know that name. You know that name. So the reason Comey even knew to look into Alec in Uh the first place, because it's kind of like, what? Yeah, random. Was that Alec was like living in Italy. (gasps) Dipping his bread in olive oil as oh. you do. Doing mob stuff as you do. <laughs> is dipping bread in olive oil <laughs> as, part of mob stuff? I don't know. It's just like, like the two Maybe things. I want to be a part of the mob now? I that definitely like think of Italy. Those two things come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> or do you just go That's to the wild. Olive Garden too many times a week? <laughs> do I know anything about Italy? <laughs> um, so the Italian authorities were in- intercepting calls because he was doing mob stuff. Oh. And they tipped off the FBI because they overheard a call in investigating the mob stuff. Mm -hmm. They overheard a call where they mentioned the Olympics. Ooh. And they were like, hey, man, we know you guys have a scandal. (gasps) Heard this. Check it out. Imagine stumbling upon that, just like listening <laughs> at average everyday mob stuff, dipping bread in olive oil, and then all of a sudden they You're mention like, this like jackpot shit. scandal. Yeah. Wow, wow. Ooh. So this dude, Alec, mm-hmm. we now know has ties to our very own president. Of course Donald he does. Donald John Trump. Oh. 
And the reason this is relevant is just to get some context that he's not like a B-level mobster who's just like a really big figure skating fan. <laughs> but if we know he's connected to Trump, we get that this guy's super shady and evil yeah. and up to no good. Sure. He had two gambling rings that were busted by the FBI on the 63rd floor of Trump Tower. And no then later he was way. at Trump's 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. So I think I just found it interesting in sort of a big picture way that all these connections in these stories are with people who are in the news today. And specifically in the case of Alec and Trump, it really serves to illuminate just how like shady and dirty Alec is. But the story is that Alec supposedly arranged a quid pro quo between the Russian and the French judges where they'd vote for each other's skaters in different competitions. He did all this because his French visa had expired and he wanted to leverage, he wanted like leverage to get an extension, <laughs> which is like, I don't know how, Honestly, is that I've how visas two, work? I've had two visas get declined before. <laughs> I would have leveraged anything at that point. I mean, he, I guess he'd been forced to leave France because they didn't renew everything. his visa. Likely due to the fact that he was a fucking mobster. <laughs> and I guess he just like really loved Paris and wanted to make sure he could like be there. I don't know. Oh my. So it's like a crazy story. Um, and just so you're not worried, Marie. <laughs> I am very worried about just, Marie. Just so you know, after serving out her suspension, she decided not to judge again. And she now finds peace. Running Hold on. Her. She decided not to judge again? This queen. No, this queen. no, no, no. That's but not how it works, Marie. You're not allowed to come She now back. finds peace running a relaxation center in Strasbourg. So. Okay, so I guess we're going to <laughs> okay. Strasbourg because I want to hang out with Marie. <laughs> but let's talk about this story. First and foremost, the craziest thing about this story to me is that like it's just like this crazy sports scandal, but it started because a Russian guy... <laughs> Wanted to like hang out in what France is with the Russians. It's like the smallest tampering state. with the yeah. Olympics. The Russians they can't stay away. Girl, it's what is drug. it with the Russians tampering with literally everything? <laughs> 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 to me, the small stakes of this is so hilarious. You're like, dude. And also, it's like the Olympics is so shady. Oh, first off, the Olympics <laughs> are so shady. Like, they cannot stay away oh from scandals. God. The Olympics, it's, the Paralympics, like every single competitive competition, so, every single competitive tournament that involves the, the world, world, people are like, we got to cheat. It's crazy. We got to be the better it's country. Like, if the Russians are meddling in figure skating, they of are. course they're meddling in our election. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, why stop at figure that's skating? That's a big, I mean, <laughs> The lowest stakes on planet Earth. Yeah. So the question for me here is, like, why did this time blow everything up? When you think about it, it's always been controversial in skating. Probably there's been cheating, but it's always, like, every fucking time I watch a thing, they're like, well, I don't know why. It's always controversy around who won because it's like you don't know what to reward. When someone tries to do something that's harder, in general, it's going to be less flawless. What are you rewarding? Like, perfection but ease? Or It's so interesting I think in life, to be honest, why there's these things that kind of go on. It's like status quo. And then one time the same thing happens mm-hmm. and it all blows up. People have just had enough. Yeah. And we don't go to go down this road at all. But like I remember even when Kaepernick kneeled, like he wasn't even the first guy to sit out the anthem. But that one really blew everything up. Right. And it's just like interesting to think about when that happens in sports. 
You know what I mean? It's like concussions. Like they were having, they're having it, and then it blows up. Mm -hmm. And it's like that moment in society or in the world where like shit just gets crazy all of a sudden. They could have reformed skating at any point. They needed to, but they used this moment. So Why, in that do, way, do you think it's because the U.S. picked it up that all of a sudden it's I like, wonder, oh shit, we yeah. can't keep on keep, we can't keep on keeping on. Yeah, we can't keep on keeping on like everybody saw. Yeah. Because it's interesting. <laughs> the U.S. found out. <laughs> they're not even in the competition. <laughs> I don't know why I just became serious. Yeah, and like, why did like the U.S. care so much? <laughs> it's just interesting. Because they probably had nothing else nothing going is, on, and, and I miss that. That's like an interesting question. Like, is it sometimes, sometimes it's because it hits right at the moment. It's like right what's happening in the world. But sometimes is it literally just that nothing else nothing happened. else is going on. So and all it, of a sudden, it, everybody it like latches be, on. It could also be that the U.S. had no, had nothing to do with it. So they were like, ha ha, look it. If we were in the final, this wouldn't be happening. But Russia and Canada. Maybe. They were very pro-Canadian. As they should be. We did nothing wrong. We just had an easy routine. I mean, I'm going to say my take on that is that uh, I would always reward difficulty. Same. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. We played it safe. And that's why we lost. Mm. Okay. But then you won because you got no, to share No, I'm not gold. accepting that gold medal. <laughs> I'm not accepting your hand-me-down okay. gold medal. There's this, like, hilarious <laughs> picture of when they skated together, the Canadians and the Russians. So there's, like, four of them because this is pairs, and they're, like, intertwined. And you're just like, Why? this is fucking Why weird. Is, wh who created <laughs> figure skating? Like, how did that come to be? You're playing hockey, and then all of a sudden somebody started dancing? I would guess that ice skating and figure skating came before hockey. Really? Yeah. Well, good thing I've got a computer in front of me because I'm going to look yeah. that up. Because, like, you had ice. People learned how to skate on ice. You figure out how to do tricks on ice. Later, there's sports that have balls and sticks. I'm going to guess skating came first. Like, Russian, Excuse me? Like, Russians, like, thousands of years ago or whatever. Oh, like, wow. pre-Russians, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't a nation state back then. You know what I'm saying. You're not going to find this. I, early history of ice skating. Research suggests that the earliest ice skating happened in southern Finland. Sure. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> also, who put that together? Like, I'm going to take a blade and then dance across this frozen <laughs> pond. They were probably like, how do we get across this pond? This is where we live. Yeah, we got to get food. People. But maybe they need a way to get faster. I don't know. People are smarter than us. Just because you and I wouldn't come up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. know why people are so obsessed with the Olympics. It's I really wild. don't get it. And also, like, literally the day the closing ceremonies happen, like, your people's brains forget figure skating even exists. Oh, yeah. It's like they're like, huh, what? Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is Elvis Stoiko. Oh, my God. the only thing. Um, what yeah, about no Christy Yamaguchi? Oh, yeah, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, think. Well, um, I, whatever. That's my crazy story. It's just so wild. It is really wild. It also was ultimately just about this mobster wanting to get his visa renewed. And I was like, is that what happens? Like, you go to the visa office and be like, hey, man, I, I rigged it. I helped some French win. win. And like, they're like, well, you cheated. I don't, yes, you can I have a visa. I don't know it's how, that, how that worked out. But to be honest, visas Never. are hard to come by. Okay. Just Fair. because okay. you're American and you already <laughs> live here. I know this is a France situation, but it's very hard. It's hard. I got okay. two declined. Whoa. And I'm a sweet wow. person. I've got no backstory. I shoplifted once. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the kind of last thing that comes up for me is like, so this became huge mm -hmm. in the American press. They were yeah. like, what the fuck? Obsessed. Maybe there's some post-Cold War shit. I don't know. But the thing that comes up for me is like, we're hearing this funny story. James Comey, Mitt Romney, <laughs> like all these people, right? Like, 
I miss the times when we could be up in arms and those dudes were in stories Ugh. that were silly like this. That was light. It's not like those dudes are in stories today where we're like talking about the end of our democracy. <laughs> the end of the world <laughs> sometimes, literally. Like I want to go back to a time where media, American media is so unsaturated with like all the horribleness that they're like, you know what? All we got for the news cycle today is this fucking crazy like Canadian-Russian thing that has nothing to do with us. That's And when that stuff's on the news, so I cannot chill. turn it off. And right now, I cannot turn on the news. I know. See? We just want to go back there. We just want more scandals want... that don't involve The us. end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to a time. Can people just, like, cheat more? In, like, in, in like, things that don't matter. Yeah, in things that in don't matter. In low stakes ways. In low stakes ways. I miss those low stakes days. <sighs> so, Rechna. Yeah, girl. Basically, the gist of this story. Let me see if I can lay it all out here, because this one was a, a ride. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A Russian mobster fixed this figure skating Olympics competition so that the French would vote for the Russians, the Russians would vote for the French, and this was all so that that Russian mobster could get a French visa? Truly a sentence never stated in the history of the world. And also, we would know none of this unless our girl Marie got drunk in a hotel lobby on Chardonnay. Which, I, I'm going to be honest, probably made that up, but it just seems like a fun no, detail. Okay, let's, let's just, just like, pre- go with it. Let's like, she it's real. was chucking back Chardonnays. Yeah. Well, we've all been there. Chardonnays or not, that is the story of the 2002 Winter Olympics figure skating scandal. Beautiful. That rocked the world. Yeah. I I can't wait to skate into next week to see what the story will be. I'm I'm sorry. This is me getting up. And leaving. Why did I do that? This is me taking no, off so my headphones and leaving. No, the fair. <laughs> Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. This show is produced by Caroline Rustin and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Charlotte Landis. Thank you to our video and digital team, Matt DeGroote and Elijah Cohn, and to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. 